0: Everybody grab your Bible, turn on your Bible, John 14. This is a topic some of you have heard me preach on before, and it'll be a good reminder, hopefully, or a next step. Others haven't heard this yet. Um, This next three-week sermon series we're going to do will, I guarantee, completely change your life, and you will literally live longer. You will literally be healthier. You will literally walk in greater power and anointing of the Holy Spirit and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I absolutely guarantee all those things because the Bible does. So if you can get what we're going to talk about in the next three weeks, uh, it's going to be a game changer for you, like for real. And it's a process. So whether you're on step zero of this or step 20, there's always more to go and there's further to go. Only one third of it will happen to you. You but but Paul, all the sermons are recorded in podcast form and are available on the website. And so even if you're gone, you can still hear part two and part three if you go to lydiahousechurch.org. How was that commercial, right? We did not set that up. That's how well we work together. Shameless plug. Cha-ching. <laughs> that actually was not set up okay what are we going to talk about the next three weeks i'm going to give you the two minute version maybe two and a half we'll see how it goes you're one of these two from moment to moment the bible says that we are pressed but not crushed or at least we can be we can be pressed and not crushed the world presses in on us all the time stress Anxiety, fear, worry. Situations in our life are full of these things, aren't they? Most of us could probably name 20 stressful situations in our life right now. Worrisome situations. Anxious situations. You squeeze this bottle. You press it. Not much happens, right? It pushes in just a little bit, if you can even see it. But it bounces right back. It is pressed. I'm actually squeezing really hard right now. It is pressed but not crushed. This is how we're supposed to be. I submit to you, this is how we usually are. And we are pressed and we are crushed. My brothers and sisters, this should not be so. Do any of you ever feel crushed? Do you feel bent, out of shape? Stressed out? Worried? Fearful? We're not supposed to experience this and we don't have to we can be this instead. Let me undo that stressor. Um, That worked really well. Okay, so what's the difference between this bottle and this bottle? This one is what? Full. This one is full. There's one more. This one has no cap. It has blown its lid. You heard that expression? Blown your lid? It means you sort of lose self-control. Right? The cap, I got it somewhere. The cap is the fruit of the spirit of self-control. And if I put this on here, it makes actually a really big difference. I can only crush it so far if I put on the cap of self-control. Because although it's not filled with water, at least it's filled with air. Self-control. Don't blow your lid. Keep control of yourself. If you can do that. And if you can cultivate that in the way we're going to talk about over the next three weeks, you're going to be able to keep yourself from being pressed and not crushed. Obviously, the other thing is you're filled. You're filled with something else. Water is often a metaphor for what in the Bible? The Holy Spirit, the presence of God. Jesus said, if you believe in me, out of you will flow rivers of living water okay? Water is the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the fruits of the Spirit. And in particular, in this case, what we're going to be talking about the next three weeks, it's the fruit of peace. So in conjunction, the fruits of the Spirit of self-control and peace keeps us in the Word of God, and we can be pressed but not crushed. And no matter what is happening in your life, you can be not crushed. You can be peaceful. You can be safe. You can be okay. And not this, like we usually are. Because we, don't, we haven't practiced it enough. We don't have quite enough self-control. And I'm going to talk specifics about what that means as we go on the next three weeks. And I'm going to talk specifics about what it means to have peace, how we can live in this. Psalm 23, David says, he sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay, Wonderful passage. Now, what does that mean? It means David is literally in the presence of his enemies. He's surrounded by soldiers who are trying to do what? Murder him gruesomely. David is surrounded by enemy soldiers, pagan enemy soldiers, who are trying to gruesomely murder him and all his people. And during that moment, sounds like a stressful situation. W- would anyone like that situation? Does anyone think that may be a tiny bit stressful? Would he perhaps be tempted to be, oh, I don't know, worried, afraid, anxious? Yes, he would be. That situation shows up with a big old bag of stress. It says, here you go, David. David says, no. In the middle of that, he sets a table before me. It means he is literally having lunch with God while people are trying to murder him. He is in the presence of God. And at that time, you ate by lying down. So he is lying down at a table, and they usually had really long meals. He's literally, I would do it, but I don't want to get on the ground right now. Um, He's literally lying down, reclined on an elbow with God for a prolonged period of time while people are around him trying to murder him. Now, would you like that kind of peace? Would you like that degree of peace in the presence of God that even at the worst possible situation, the worst thing happening in your life, you can be like, I'm good. I'm fine. I'm just hanging out with Jesus in the middle of this horrible situation. Many of us have had those kind of horrible situations. A few of us might be in those horrible situations now. And we can find peace even in the midst of that kind of difficulty. The stressful situations don't go away. That's, we would prefer God simply take away everything that we don't like, right? This is one aspect in which we're all kind of little kids often. Just take all the stressful situations away, God. Just make it so that I would never be tempted to be worried because there's nothing to worry about. First of all, all of us who live in America have very little to worry about compared to most folks in the world. In Uganda, they hope they have enough food or they die, okay? big difference so keep that in perspective first world problems right but we often have very serious situations and real problems right we god is not saying i will keep those problems from ever occurring he is saying in the midst of those problems you don't have to feel the stress from the stressful situation you don't have to be afraid in the fearful situation you can have peace in the middle of that and that's what this is and that's what we all want to get to because this sucks I'm not going to ask who's experienced this. We've all experienced this. We've all been bent out of shape. We've all blown our lids. Whether it's through anger or through just, oh, that's it. I'm so depressed. I give up. Or you're waiting for the other shoe to drop or whatever sort of negative negativity is going on. We've all been there. And Jesus knows this about us. That's why throughout the New Testament, he talks about this a lot. And many of us skip over it. But this is how he wants us to be. We can be this. Even surrounded by people trying to murder us. Okay, Nate, prove it. Okay, it'll take three weeks. But I'll prove it. <laughs> so, the Bible says, Proverbs 17, that the joy of the Lord, a joyful heart, is good medicine. A broken spirit dries up the bones. I'm doing a Paul Anderson thing here where I leave the last word out and you say it. It's kind of fun. Um, so, joyful heart is good medicine. So, see, see right here in this verse. This is 3,000 years ago. King Solomon, right? And he, con- he connects heart, body, and spirit. 3,000 years ago, and he says they all connect to one another. And a joyful heart is good medicine. Medicine is for the body. But a broken spirit, a broken heart, a troubled heart, does what? It dries up the bones. It makes you sick. It dries up the bones. This is 3,000 years ago. Okay, He's saying that a troubled heart is bad for you physically, not just emotionally. Obviously, we know that. Being broken hearted is emotionally bad for you. It's not fun. We know that. But it also kills you physically. It dries up your bones. Whereas a joyful heart is good medicine. Now, these days, scientists have finally, 3,000 years later, caught up to what the word of God said a long time ago and are like, oh yeah, we have now proven that stress and the effects, the negative effects of stress are one of the leading causes of many, if not most, medical problems. Emotional, mental stress, anxiety, fear, worry, the effects of these things on our physical body kills us. For example, this is going to be a depressing example, but pay attention <laughs> anyway. Most medical researchers today agree that stress is one of the leading causes of heart disease. The number one killer in America is heart disease. Leading cause, stress. The negative effects of stress on your body. S- cancer, number two killer. The leading cause, stress. Worry, anxiety, fear. The negative effects of those things kill you. They give you cancer. They mutate your cells. They dry up your bones. Stroke, the number four killer. Alzheimer's, which is number six. Diabetes is number seven. Suicide, number ten. Top causes? Stress, worry, anxiety, fear. The negative effects of these things kill you. The list goes on. Obesity, headaches, chronic muscle aches, asthma, depression, gastrointestinal problems, accelerated aging, insomnia, mental disorders, hypertension, offer, void, and use on. It goes on. The list goes on. It's never ending. Why? Because the devil wants to steal from you, steal your joy, kill you. And destroy anything God wants to do in your life. The devil wants to steal, kill, and destroy. The primary way, in my opinion, that he does that is not through direct spiritual oppression or sending demons to do stuff or even sending enemies to murder you. It's through causing you to not stop yourself from receiving all the stress and worry, anxiety, and fear that the world wants to give you. It's the cares of this world that choke us off and make us unfruitful. According to the Matthew, the parable of the sower. Right, The word of God is planted in the ground. What chokes it off and makes it unfruitful doesn't make it dead. It's still Christian, right, in the metaphor. But the cares of this world, the stuff that's going on that troubles our heart, that chokes us off and makes us unfruitful in life. Do you want to be fruitful in life? Do you want to make a difference? When you get to heaven, do you want God to look down and say, your life mattered, here's why? Or do you want him to say, you made it. I mean, you survived. The difference is your choices. It's not the hand you're dealt, it's not the gifts or talents you have, it's not your money, it's your choices. Do you choose to obey and say no to this stressful stuff so that your life can bear fruit, saying no to the cares of this world, or do you, consciously or subconsciously, and I'd argue mostly it's subconscious for us, we say yes to all the stress and the cares of this world choke us out and make us unfruitful? It's a choice. Our choices will determine our destiny and our impact in this world. Not gifts and talents, not how big our church is, or whether we meet outside or inside, or any of that other stuff. How much money we make, the things we think matter and matter to the world, it doesn't work that way in the spirit. Our choices is what matters. God doesn't want us to experience stress, worrying, anxiety, and fear, because those things choke off the life of the spirit. And they kill us, they literally kill us, physically. And here's the thing, We don't have to experience that stuff. I'm not saying we magically get rid of the circumstances, but the stress that each circumstance brings, the worrisomeness that each circumstance brings, and says, "Uh uh-oh, you better be worried about this. We have this bad habit of automatically, without even thinking about going, yep, put it in our heart. Most of us don't even realize it's a conscious choice, and we can say, whoa, 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 no. I'm not putting that in my heart. I'm saying no. Jesus told us to do that like a whole heap of times. Because God has a better plan than us being killed, stolen from, and destroyed. Amen? Here's the plan. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything. Boom. I'd drop the mic, but CJ would really be mad. Don't be anxious about anything. How you doing? <laughs> Anybody anxious ever? Obviously, most of us are anxious sometimes. So if Jesus says, don't be anxious, and we're anxious, what's that called? disobedience. I'm not going to hit that one super hard because I don't want you guys to be uh, mad at me. But if the Bible says it, we don't do it. That's disobedience. Matthew 6. Great chapter. Over and over, Jesus says, don't worry. Do not worry about anything, Jesus says in Matthew 6. And he says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough trouble of its own. Hint, there will be trouble tomorrow. And every day. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus says in another place. God is not saying, I will magically, like, God's not a, what's it called, fairy godmother who just goes bippity-boppity, gone. Your car works now, you know? That's not how God works. He's not going to magically whisk away the stressful situation. Sometimes when we need rescue, he rescues us, absolutely. But no matter what, in the midst of that, in the presence of your enemies, you can have peace. You can be this, pressed but not crushed. Jesus promises us. He wouldn't say, don't be anxious about anything and don't worry about anything if that wasn't possible through the Holy Spirit. Right? That makes logical sense, doesn't it? Don't worry about anything. Pfft, not that you can do that. Ha ha, you stink. No. That's, no. We can succeed and not worry about anything. Not by ourselves. Not in and of ourselves. That's totally impossible by ourselves. But through the power of God, specifically as we're going to talk about through the fruits of the spirit of self-control and peace, we can learn to stay filled up and to not walk in the effects of stress and worry and anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. Already talked about parable of the sower. Okay, so Jesus in 1 Peter, a lot of verses today. Good thing you got your Bibles. John 14, if you turn there, please open that up. John 14, verse 27. But before that, I'm going to do First Peter. First Peter says, Jesus is our cornerstone. This was prophesied in the Old Testament. And then Peter says, this happened. Jesus is our cornerstone. What's a cornerstone? A cornerstone is a giant block, stone, brick thing, which is how they did masonry back then. It was usually just stones. Sometimes they'd shave them off or cut them so they fit a little better. But primarily, that's what it was. Right, Paul? You've been to Israel multiple times. I haven't, so I just go off what people tell me. Um, Or the pictures in the back of my study Bible, which you guys now have. Um, So these stone buildings, one of them is a giant, usually the biggest, heaviest stone. It's called the cornerstone. And what does it do? It bears the weight of the building. It bears the majority of the building's stress. Stress is a physics term. Did you know that? Stress is, is not an emotional thing. Like, that's not how the word started. The word started, it's a term in physics. Engineers use it. A building contains stress. It means the force, load, or system of forces that acts upon something. That's, what's, that's, that's stress. And what stress does is it's a load force or system of forces that causes strain or deformation on something. Ethan's about to be an engineer. He knows all this. Stress is a load, a force, or a system of forces altogether. That causes strain or deformation. That's what stress is. And Jesus says, I'm your cornerstone. I bear the stress. That's my job. My job is to bear most of your stress. And we see this in many other verses. I could quote like a dozen, okay? Take my yoke upon you. Again, very similar metaphor, bearing the stress. For I'm gentle, humble of heart. My yoke is easy, my burden is light. Jesus wants to bear our stress. The problem is we have this tendency to try to do everything ourselves, right? We try to bear the stress of our life. We try to, I used to say man up, but obviously women do this too, so that isn't sexist. Like, we try to do it ourselves. And Jesus is like, that'll kill you, and it'll suck. But I guess you can do that if you want. Or you can let me Bear the weight of all that stuff. You'll live longer. You'll be healthier. It's a way better choice. This is a super good deal. Super good deal. We give Jesus all the crap and he gives us peace, which we'll talk about later, which is like the coolest thing. Peace feels awesome. Okay. Stress, fear, they feel terrible. We all know this. And Jesus is like, For now, in a limited time, limited meaning your entire life, you may trade all of that garbage for peace. It is fantastic. The fact that we don't do it is silly. (laughs) But if we haven't learned how to do it or been taught how to do it, obviously we don't know. So we're in this habit of saying yes to all the stress and just shoving it in our heart all the time. That's our habit. And if you know anything about habits, when you get into a habit of doing something, you do it without thinking. You're not consciously choosing every time. My car broke down. Should I be stressed? Yes, I'll choose stress. We don't do that anymore because we're in a habit. We just constantly shove it in our heart and accept it because that's what we're used to doing. Many of us, we've never even been told that we could not do that and choose something else. But Jesus says we can choose something else. He wants to be our cornerstone. First, uh, sorry, Gospel of John 14, 27 says this. Peace I leave with you. This is Jesus. Peace I leave with you. So it's going to stay with us. It's a gift of God that's going to stay with us. My peace I give you. How strong is Jesus' peace? He went out in the middle of a storm on a ship that the professional fishermen were positive was going to capsize. The professional fishermen who live on boats and work on boats said, we're all going to die from this storm. So it's a serious storm. It's not a joke. Jesus is sleeping. How can you sleep during a storm that almost kills you? Well, you got a lot of peace. And what does Jesus do? He's like, come on, guys. Why is your faith so small? Faith. Lack of trust. We're going to die. Jesus comes out and he says what to the storm? Peace. Be still. Jesus' peace was so strong that he could push his peace on a killer storm and it obeyed. And we can get there. Totally serious about that. We can get to a place in peace where we walk into a situation where everybody's fighting and we can bring peace to that situation. We're supposed to be that. We're supposed to be the peacemakers. We're supposed to. I, I, I see this in the future for the church, that we can go to peace summits and we can make it happen more easily because we bring the peace of Christ with us. Jesus says, my peace I give you. We have access to this. Not as the world gives do I give you. So how do we live in this peace, Jesus? He gives us peace. It's a gift, but it's a fruit of the spirit, too. The fruits of the spirit, we all have them, but they're like in seed form, right? The fruits of the spirits are seeds. We have to cultivate the fruits of the spirit in our life, the Bible says, for them to grow and for us to be able to eat them and enjoy them and others to be able to eat them. Wouldn't it be great if that person in your life who kind of annoys you brought up the fruits of the spirit so that you could eat them and be happy instead of annoyed? Wouldn't it be great if you could do that for other people? Here's how you cultivate peace in your life and how you live in it. The second half of the verse. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Don't allow your heart to be afraid. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry about anything. These verses just keep coming up and coming up and coming up. It is a choice we make. I will not allow my heart to be troubled. No, I'm not gonna take the stress from this very stressful situation that no one would blame me for being stressed out about. But I'm not gonna be stressed out, I'm gonna say no. And I have the power to do that because Jesus said I do. I'm serious about this, okay? Can you imagine how this might change your life? If you could say no to this stress, if you could say no to the worry, if you could simply let your heart not be troubled by this very troubling situation or person, or thing that happened. Absolutely game-changing. Really, really powerful. It takes a little time to walk into this and to learn it, but if I guarantee you, if you practice it for even a month, you're going to come back freaked out at how awesome it is. Okay? And we all need to grow. I, I am not an expert in this <laughs> by any means. In fact, yesterday, I couldn't find my box of props, and I started getting a little stressed about the fact that I couldn't find my box of props for the sermon about stress. And I laughed at the irony uh, and hilarity of that situation. And I gave it up to God. And we're going to talk more about how we do that um, as we go along. Don't let your heart be troubled. Just don't allow it. There is. There's several. Don't allow your heart to be troubled. Just don't allow it. How do we do that? Well, we'll talk more about that over the next couple of weeks. God doesn't want us to experience the stress the worry, the fear, the anxiety, it kills us. It's really bad, folks. It keeps us from being successful. It keeps us from being productive. It keeps us from growing physically, mentally, emotionally the way we're supposed to. And it chokes off the fruitfulness in our life. I don't want to get to heaven and find out that I didn't mean much in my life because I was so concerned with the cares of this world in my life that I wasn't able to be fruitful for God. I've always been... I was going to say terrified. <laughs> I've always been sobered by this concept, even since I was a kid. I've been very sobered by this concept. I want my life to mean something. This is one of the best ways to do that. I'm going to end with one more prop. This bucket represents my heart. I know that because I wrote heart on it. So this represents my heart, your heart. Every stressful situation that comes our way, we can't stop them from coming our way, and we can't magically wave them away. But when they come, they show up with a certain amount of stress or a certain amount of anxiety or a certain amount of fear. And they say, "Uh uh-oh, this happened. You better be afraid. And they offer us the stress. And we have the choice either to not obey Jesus and not allow our heart to be troubled by that and filled with those things. Or we can just say yes to the stress, which is what we usually do. So I got some stressful things in here. Well, let's start with this. you know this can be stressful or what's not in it right it's my wallet it's my wallet okay so sometimes this is stressful bills at the end of the month how much are you saving for retirement if you're not you're gonna explode i mean like this can be stressful especially if you ever watch the news or if you have a stock app on your phone this can be really stressful his kids i can't fit a kid in this because it wouldn't be legal but i would otherwise But I'm going to put this in here, because how often do we allow ourselves to be stressed about money? Matthew 6 is primarily about money. Don't be stressed about money. Not even how you're going to buy food. Which sounds crazy, but you can do it. So we should obey Jesus and say no, but we're like, yep, stressed about that. Stressed about that. What else I got? Again, I lost my prop box, so I'm making up as I go. My car. Oh, no, the car broke down. We've all had that happen. We've all had the car break down. How much is it going to be? $1,300. How much do I have in my bank account? $1,306. This is an autobiographical story that happened to me. That $1,306 was already earmarked for a mission trip. Actually, it was 1400 for the mission trip, but I was believing God for the other 100 Right after Sarah and I got married. Right after, like three months. The car blows up. Blows up. Blows a rod. There's rods. I don't know anything about cars. Uh, it blew up, and there's smoke billowing everywhere, and it was apparently super dangerous car's D-O-A, right? 1300 bucks to fix it. What do I do? Do I let myself get stressed out about that one? That's easy to do. And we, we often think, I have to. Of course I'm stressed out about this. They want me to write a check for all my money. I need my money for other stuff. Like, you know, life. And so we don't think we have a, uh, a choice, but we do. We choose. Our choices matter. They mean everything. And Jesus says, don't let your heart get troubled by that dumb car. It's just a car. But we let it happen. We say yes. Usually, uh, unconsciously, because we built up this bad habit. Habit we need to break. Here's an old school timer that you guys have never heard of or seen. Time. How many of you have plenty of time? And you're totally good. You just don't have any. You're awesome. <laughs> I time is a problem <laughs> for me. I have three kids. It's just never, never quite right. Um, let's see what else we got. Oh, we got a letter. It's a letter from Children's Hospital. If you're corresponding with Children's Hospital, something's not right. Hint, hint. Would this maybe be tempting to be worried about? Fearful of? Anxious about? There was a $1,300 bill attached to this one, too. I think it's $1,281, but the bill's in my prop box. (laughs) Tempting to be stressed about this guy. Okay. I'll be stressed about it. What else we got? Oh, more bills. Oh, a car accident bill. Wasn't covered by insurance. Why not? Who knows? Stress, stress, stress. Oh, here's a, here's a big one for us. Printed off my calendar. This is my calendar for the month of July. Doing our calendars. Three kids, two working people. It This is tough. And this one is stressful. Right? This is really stressful. Figuring out calendars. Who's picking up who? Andrew has... Um, Como camp at the zoo this week for how to take care of animals, which is like his dream come true, right? And because that's what he wants to do with his life right now is take care of animals. And he has trumpet camp, and like, how, who's driving? What what happened? Where is Andrew? He got left at Como Zoo. He's gonna get eaten by bear. So like, it's it's stressful. This stuff. So like, yeah, man, that goes in there for sure. What else? What else we got? This is getting bad. Can you see the situation being problematic? Okay, my heart overflowing with nast uh here's uh, it's an empty jar of food so i have this represents a lot of work right i, I got to recycle this thing and then i have to go to the store and buy a new one and then we eat it which means dishes which means i have to recycle again and i have to wash my garbage i mean ah i don't have time for any of that it costs money nasty laundry we measure laundry by the foot in our family because it accumulates fast, and there's always many feet of laundry. If it gets to the point where it's over the counter with the sink, we're like, we better do some laundry. But that happens ridiculously quickly. Life doesn't stop. Even if we're being great at saying no to all the big stresses that are coming, I'm not going to say yes to the car, and I'm not going to say yes to the job I might lose, and I'm not going to say yes to this, but like sometimes it's just the mundane, the everyday things of life that just wear us down. Laundry never ends. I don't like laundry, in case you couldn't tell. So... Before we know it, or even realize what happened, this is our heart. It is full and overflowing with garbage that does what to our soul, robs it. Does what to our body, kills it, literally. This is heart disease waiting to happen. This is cancer forming in one of our organs. This is Alzheimer's trying to eat its way at our brain far earlier than it should. This is problematic. This is the devil's plan. He doesn't need to send 30 demons to try to destroy your life. He just needs you to allow this to happen. And he has stolen, killed, and destroyed. Don't let the devil win so easily. Make him fight tooth and nail and waste a lot of resources to try to steal, kill, and destroy from you. Not today, Satan. One of my favorite new lines. This is not what we're supposed to be, okay? We're supposed to be happier and better. And so next week, we are going to learn what to do about this. And we're going to learn how to be filled up with peace instead of this. And we're going to learn how to keep this from happening again. Because my story is I would get like this, and then I would get rid of it. We'll talk about how to do that next week but then it would fill up again. And then I'd get rid of it, and then it would fill up again. And I'm like, God, this cycle is dumb. This can't be the way it's supposed to be. And then I found a bunch of scriptures that are like, no, it's not supposed to be that way, and you can keep it from filling up again. Just obey all these verses that say don't let this happen. So I'd like to end in prayer. If you could close your eyes and pray with me. this this is easily the best sermon i've ever heard on stress easily and uh i wish i could hear the two but i think i could hear them he said he's gonna tape this is fantastic it's right out of the word of god and on the second thing i want to say is that's where i live i didn't always live there but i live there now i know it's possible because that's where i live i don't give in to stress i don't give in i don't get discouraged I decision that you make and he's telling the truth and this can be applied and it can be true in the way we live amen and i'm not i'm not there yet i'm gonna be honest but i'm getting there i'm way better than i was and it, just a little bit of peace is really awesome trust me and yes Ignoring cancer is not beneficial. (laughs) We can't ignore stress. It's still in our heart. We can pretend my heart's not full of nasty garbage, but then our kid walks up and asks us something benign, and we blow up at our kid. This has never happened to me. I'm just guessing some people do this. And then we go, where did that come from? Where did that come from? That's not me. It's certainly not who I want to be. Oh, Maybe it's because my heart is overflowing with nasty stuff. So nasty stuff overflows onto everyone around me and every situation I'm in, right? Jesus said, if you believe in me, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers. A river doesn't just flow out, it flows in flowing in. The peace flows in and then it goes out to everybody else. And it keeps going in and out, and in, and out. If we pollute up that river, if we plug it up with all this nasty stuff, it's not going to flow in or out. Close your eyes, please. I want you to take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. Do it again. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. I want you to picture Jesus standing right in front of you. Keep breathing in and out real deep, slow, deep breaths. And as you breathe out, do it through your mouth just for fun. Again, this isn't magic. It's just an illustration. Breathe all that stress onto Jesus. He's our cornerstone. He wants it. The Bible says cast all your anxiety in him because he cares for you. He is our cornerstone. He wants that. He doesn't want you to carry it. He doesn't want it in your heart. With every exhale, I want you to picture yourself breathing those things on Jesus, who's like, yes, yes, give me more, give me more. We all have these situations in our life literally right now. What are yours? Think about them. Think about them. Spit that thing out at Jesus. Give it to him. Every breath out. You're giving that to the Lord, and he's taking it. And with every breath in, you're breathing in his peace. Breathing in the presence of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill you and live in your heart and your heart is already full, what's he supposed to do? There's nowhere for him to be. Empty out and breathe in the Holy Spirit. You must decrease so he can increase. Blow all that out at Jesus. Breathe in the Holy Spirit. This is an exercise I do regularly because I'm very visual and physical and it helps me to focus. Focus. Let's just do it for a minute. Just breathe out all that nasty stuff. And as you do, I want you to be like, God, I'm giving you this situation. I'm giving you these feelings. I'm giving you these emotions. I'm giving you this junk. Take it, and then don't reach out and grab it back. Leave it with him. Breathe in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. My peace I leave with you, My peace, I give you. Receive that peace. He's already given it, so it's yours for the taking. Receive that peace. And may the Lord bless you and keep you safe. May he cause his face to smile on you and show you grace upon grace. May he look upon you with favor and give you his, everybody, peace. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.